Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Life and Art from FT Weekend. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and this is our Friday Chat Show. This week, we are talking about Jennifer Lopez's new musical film, This Is Me Now, A Love Story, which accompanies her new album, This Is Me Now. The movie is a surreal musical odyssey through her literal heart and mind about her quest to find love and to love herself. It's inspired by her relationship with her husband, the actor Ben Affleck, who she was engaged to in 2002, split from and reunited with about 20 years later. She self-funded the film and it cost her $20 million. The film is wild, and some critics have been left confused by what it actually is. So today we're going to talk about it. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and this is me now. Joining me in New York, I have the comedians and hosts of the wonderful podcast Celebrity Memoir Book Club. They read celebrity memoirs, so we don't have to. Ashley Hamilton and Claire Parker. Today they're here to get it right. They <laughs> used to have a little, now they have a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Can I say? Both true. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. So can I ask for both of you what your top line reaction to this musical film was? I listened to your episode on her memoir uh, from a couple of years ago, and you really, it was scathing. <laughs> okay. Is this along the same lines for you? No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, I think that she does a phenomenal job of making stuff that is not good. And I think that what <laughs> happened here is that this is a bad project with bad songs and bad concepts <laughs> that like is— And a lot of AI. Can I say, I found this to be a very important piece of— I'm going to call it content because I don't want to call it art necessarily, but I think it was an important movie that sheds a lot of light on the question, will AI take our jobs? <laughs> I think if we had actually done less AI set building and actually just gone to some of the incredible set builders of Broadway for $20 million. <laughs> so I will say, to bring it back to your first question, we read her memoir, which is more than anything a concert magazine that I don't know if she's aware she put out. Mm -hmm. The premise of it is that she's been looking for love the whole time and she was always looking the wrong ways and now she's finally found it. And I think JLo really represents a problem I have right now that I think is brought on by like the content hunger machine of you have to constantly be reinventing yourself in this way where you're like, everything I said before was wrong, but now I've got it figured out. And then mm. six months later, you have to come back and be like, no, 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 no. Okay. I wasn't right then either, but now I've found love. And it's always like, I see it with Demi Lovato. I see it with the Smith family. I see it with health influencers who are like, if you cut out sugar and carbs and wheat and mm. blinking, you feel so good. And then a year later, they're like, well, I didn't have dreams for a year. And I also was waking up shaking every night, but, <laughs> but now I figured out. But the thing is that you're leaving out is that like every time they recalibrate and represent the way to live, the way to be, the things they've learned, there's always a product attached. Like it is yeah. a sales tactic to say like, the problem I had is a problem I invented for myself that I have now solved for me and for you with the price of or easy payments of whatever. Okay, so, so her product, though, is her album and her yes. movie. But that's like a product that, I mean, she and puts that's what things everyone out. does. But What's she keeps on reselling the exact same thing. What she's selling here is this idea that she's gone from pop star to artist. She is selling oh, with this new movie you? this idea that 
I, you know, I've always sang, I've always told you about my life, but now I'm going to tell you what it was really like and what she has presented feels so tinny. So like clicking an empty can of tuna fish to me that I'm just like, JLo, why not just, the idea that she needed $20 million to tell you about her authentic self feels in (laughs) itself preposterous. And, And like I said, this is the epic culmination of a career that has said all of those things. So to me, it almost isn't a a reselling of a new and different idea. It is the magnum opus of a career that has kind of said not a lot. Okay, my heart's beating very fast right now. I think because I um, am uh, a JLo apologist. I loved this movie. <laughs> I did too. In, I think, well, I think, I, and I respect <laughs> JLo. I mean, I do think she is an incredibly hardworking person. But for me, I think the problem with JLo is that she cannot figure out why she's working so much harder than everybody else and not the best. Like, she wants to be the best. So why can't she be? And I think that that's the problem for me. Interesting. I feel like you guys are expecting a lot from her, though. Like, I don't really actually expect too much from J-Lo other than to be really an incredible performer, which I think that she is. Like, what makes somebody a talented performer? They're or entertainer. They, like, uh, look good. They dance well. They sing well enough. They enable us to have fun. They, like, give us someone to root for <laughs> externally yeah. and in ourselves. Like, I almost don't mind if that stuff is artificial. I, it, it feels irrelevant to me. I, I think agree. she minds, and that's my problem. <laughs> that's what this whole movie was about, is that she minds. Right. She can't just be this great performer. There has to be this deeper meaning about how she found love, and she— If you found love, why don't you, why don't you just go home and hang out with him? Why do you need me at home to know it? Can we give listeners a little more context? Yes. Um, okay, so this is oh, a— Can we? I mean, that's a real question, not may we. Like, is there a way to give context to what we saw? So let me give it a shot, and then you can add in. So this is a 65-minute film. Uh, it's full of musical numbers. It's like this sort of metaphorical journey through her love life. You see her different relationships and, and them falling apart. You see her many marriages. She calls it a therapy musical biopic. Um, but basically, it's kind of a— series of music videos mixed with an action movie mixed with an animated fairy tale held together by a self-help narrative and a number of celebrity cameos. Yeah, so it cuts back and forth between a her actual love life, a dream interpretation of her love life, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to her gods, her angels looking at her from atop a mountain, and that's most of the celebrity cameos, and they're looking down on her life you know, as her, as like the ears, the little devil and angel on her shoulder, right? Whatever, and those, and that's like Jane Fonda, Trevor Noah, uh, yes. Post Malone, yeah, Post Malone, Kiki Palmer. I, mean, I will say, <laughs> Kiki Palmer is a star that cannot be smited. She stands out. Kim <laughs> Petras, I think, was in it. It's incredible. Yeah. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I did feel when I was watching it like, okay, this is a a star who has the fame of someone like Beyonce. I think she's as famous as Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this sort of like multiple, triple threat, multiple thing in that she's an actress and a dancer and a performer and a singer and all those things. Um, 
And uh, and yet when Beyonce comes out with a uh, product, often it's like a nuanced take on race in America or like some like uh, questioning what it means to be a mother or uh, a wife in kind of complex ways. And this was less complex. Uh, but she does. I mean, even if she has something less complex to say, uh why not? I don't know. There was something sort of like fun to me about like having her say like, I'm going to put $20 million into saying what it is that I want to say about myself. And uh, it's like doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it's sort of spotty in this weird way. But like, you like watching me, right? And I was like, I do like watching you. So <laughs> I guess I would say, and so she got to do that. She's yeah. got to spend her $20 million and say what she wanted to say. Do we all have to now say, well, that's great. Right. Yes. So yeah. And thing- I think that that's JLo's question. You look at that halftime show documentary she put out a while ago about having to split the halftime show with Shakira and how that nobody's ever been more offended in their lives mm-hmm. and how it's so unfair that even though she's worked so hard and she wants it so bad, she doesn't have an EGOT. And I think, are, is that... Are people entitled to EGOTs? Right. And yeah. that's the question of Great JLo's life. And my answer is, unfortunately, no. You get to have $500 million <laughs> instead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's do a quick 101 on JLo's career. Uh, can you both help? You're both experts in pop culture. I believe she was a dancer turned actress who was cast in Selena. And then because of that movie, they were like, oh, she can sing. And they had some songs that she was kind of thrust into the pop machine. And that, as pop music was really launching into a new place, following Mariah Carey's departure from Columbia Records, she was brought in to sort of be the new Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey, obviously a legendary vocalist vocalist, and songwriter, songwriter, um, musical artist. Okay, and from there, she becomes like a pop sensation, right? She's got hits like Waiting for Tonight, Jenny from the Block. She's an actress in rom-coms in the early 2000s. Then alongside all of it, she stays in the public consciousness because of her personal life. She's like married four times. (laughs) She's married to Mark Anthony. Uh, She's engaged to the baseball player A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. Recently, she comes back to Ben Affleck. Uh, Maybe you can give us the background quickly on Benifer. I think in the two th- early 2000s, when they were coined as Benifer, Ben Affleck, and J-Lo, that was one of the first times we had a couple name. It was yes. the first They portmanteau. were the birth of, like, this idea that a couple could be so powerful that you would refer to them as one person. They were so important, and they were such an important piece of, like, early 2000s nostalgia mm-hmm. as those millennials grew up, and people loved them. And then when they got back together, people were going bananas. Right. I mean, like, a total pop culture dream. How much fun is that? A bunch of their early photos together. It was just this crazy moment. But Mm -hmm. again, that capitalized on the nostalgia of the adoring fans and audience. And I think that that is a point that can't ever be lost on J-Lo, that this idea that all she wants is true love at home so that then she could take a photo of it and sell it back to us. Mm. It is hard to buy into this idea that we're getting the true depth of J-Lo when she has been so quick to capitalize on it. Um, Okay, so where we are now is that she's doing this relaunch. I'm just calling it a relaunch. I don't know if it is, but it feels sort of like a relaunch in some ways. This movie is one part of a three-part project. Uh, It was also an album. The album came out at the same time. And then there's this film and then a documentary is coming out in a couple weeks about the making of the film. 
I will be tuning in. <laughs> Can I say, I saw a little teaser for that. And that's what kind of I said, come on, where she's like, nobody really knew what was going on. And I was like, I did know you actually sold it to me. <laughs> right. Um, with all of that in mind, why do you think this project is happening now? What do you think she's trying to tell us about where she's going? I could quite honestly never predict what will happen next. I do think what she's trying to do is say I'm a serious artist, too. Mm -hmm. I think she's been trying to say that for years. And like you said, why can't stuff just be fun? I agree. I mm. wish that she could just say I'm a performer and we're having a good time. Let's get loud, baby. But instead, she's saying respect me as an artist and I can't. Mm. I think she'll always pursue global domination. I mean, that is something that I think she desperately wants. And she will go at it and from every angle she can think of. I think she'll keep being self-referential. She's created this like, entire J-Lo ecosystem. I know like the Benefer 2.0 engagement was sent out in a video in the news J-Lo newsletter that you had to go to JLo.com. I mean, right. the way that she creates content that then filters down through three levels of like J-Lo subscriptions. Yeah, yeah. She wants you to shop the J-Lo brand sofa at the J-Lo department store at the J-Lo mall. That's only playing J-Lo music. Right. That's explaining why now <laughs> she's learned to love herself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and that's what she wants. And God bless her. I hope she gets it. She wants J-Lo country. And I'm having, I mean, she's a great dancer. I would she's a there. beautiful woman. <laughs> and I like some of the J-Lo songs. Me too. I was watching uh, on the train ride here. I was watching her Super Bowl halftime show. And there's this moment before she goes on stage, there's like backstage and she's sort of like doing her move, like preparing and it was sort of like, um, she thought, I don't know, she probably didn't think she was alone, but it seemed like she thought she was alone and she was sort of mm -hmm. uh, she has not been practicing. Alone yeah. In years. <laughs> it's true. Um, but it felt a little like uh, it was a reminder that this is a woman who's working very, very, very hard yeah. and has been working very hard for a long time. I think that feels a little bit like what you're pushing back at is that she's trying to prove something when really her just being a really hard worker and going on and dominating that performance like it was an incredible performance. Yeah, she nailed it. Is maybe what we might want more of from her. Yeah, <laughs> than... I, think, I think we have to live in this world where the benefit or the prize you get for being someone who works really hard at being a great performer is that you put on a great show and mm -hmm. you get to have half a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. I think this idea that if you just work hard enough, you should get to be lauded as the greatest human connector of all time. No, some things you, you don't get to have everything. Mm -hmm. um, I also think right now we're in this interesting point where we're watching these household celebrities that were at the end of the era of being like a true star. We don't have a Tom Cruise anymore. We're never going to have another Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck. Brad or not Pitt. Ben, Brad Pitt. That's yeah. what I meant. And I think you look at someone like J-Lo, who did come from the end of that era. You look at someone like Will Smith, who came from the end of that era. And they're trying to figure out how to stay relevant yeah. by adopting the new methods of culture, which is the person-to-person -person vlog. And I saw a lot of that in the teaser for the new J-Lo documentary about the behind the scenes, about the heartbreak. Right. She's going to be like, for the first time, I want you guys to know the truth of my career is I've always been scared. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I, was that part of your appeal? Did we not know that sometimes you're nervous? I feel like you keep telling, I don't know. I guess I could have guessed that you wanted it bad and you cared a lot. But I think her, her and Will Smith, you see them both trying this thing of being like, how do I open up? When the truth is the type of person who gets to the top like that is just different than you and me. Mm -hmm. A normal person does not have 30 years of pinnacle fame. 
Yeah. Also, I think a lot of the like uh, we forget that these people like it's sort of it feels almost exciting when we watch them be real people and we think they're going to say something that relates to us or mm-hmm. reflects us. And, and sometimes they do. But also you remember like these are people who haven't been to a supermarket. Yeah. In decades. Yeah. Um, I am curious, like with all of that in mind and with like all that you both know about celebrity, you know, Jill is 54. 54. Mm-hmm, that we don't have like a great legacy of like how women pop stars age in this country um, and how they can like kind of age gracefully in the eyes of America or whatever. Um, I don't think that's an easy thing. And I'm curious, like, what do you I guess what do you want to see? Yeah. I mean, I have to say like a halftime show, (laughs) a halftime show without the documentary about the halftime show. Mm. I want to see the results of hard work through she has incredible performance I, I mean, watching her in that factory, which was one of the scenes in the that little like tank top, just wailing on the ground. She's a great dancer. She's a great performer. She's beautiful. I mean, she's so strong. I would love to watch the product without having to be reminded of how much she deserves my mm. admiration. I feel like my dream is that when people reach the height of success where you never need to earn another dollar in your life for your children's children's children to continue being extremely rich, like just make stuff that you like. That's what authenticity is, but they don't have authentic selves anymore. Yeah. Do you have any, as I guess my last question, are there any pop stars or celebrities that you feel like really did that right? Cheryl Crow. Really? (laughs) Ashley Claire, this was so fun. We will be back in just a second for more or less. I'm Michaela Tendera, host of Behind the Money, a podcast from the Financial Times. Every week, we take you inside the biggest business and investing stories of the moment. From Apple's reliance on China. The more you peel back the onion, the more you realize that it's China all the way down. To turmoil in the banking world. If it goes bankrupt, we'll have chaos in financial markets. It would have been absolute carnage. Follow Behind the Money wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back for more or less, the part of the show where each guest says something that they want more of or less of culturally. Ashley, what do you have? I would like more dancing. Mm. I did not love the choreography in JLo's movie, but I love dance-heavy music videos and choreography-heavy performance. And I, it left me wanting more yeah. dancing. You know what's funny? This was my more too. I have a different one too, but I was like, God, what happened to synchronized dancing? Why did we let go of it? I love dancing. Yeah. My more, I'm going to go more. I want more uh, historically contextualizing critiques of what's going on in the world. Yeah. Can you give me an example? I recently went to see the last Sondheim musical and when I went to read the review of it, I was like, this is exactly what I needed to make sure that I was right about what I felt. (laughs) And I thought it was like a phenomenal kind of just basis of like, here's the movies it was based on. Here's what it was supposed to be about. And I was like, thank you for this. I feel I can better understand what I just saw and enjoy it deeper now. Yeah. That was uh, Merrily We Roll Along. No, it's the last one he wrote before he died. It was called Here We Are. Crazy. Uh, And I say crazy because my other more is also about Sondheim. So I got uh, last minute tickets to Merrily We Roll Along. It's the big play on Broadway right now. And it has um, Harry Potter in it. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) Daniel Radcliffe. 
And uh, part of what's unique about that play is that the entire thing uh, goes back in time. You start at the end, sort of, and only go back. And I left and I thought, I don't think I've actually ever seen a plot that did that before. But it seems like a pretty easy way to create, like, a lot of tension and drama. And it was like, I was thinking about it a lot. I know some would say Benjamin Button, but... uh, I think it's different because he's aging in reverse and everybody else is just staying the same. <laughs> I guess I want more backwards going backwards. Oh, my plots. gosh. You should watch the episode of Seinfeld where they go to India. That's a backwards plot. OK. <laughs> All right. Also, if listeners have any backward plots for me, please email them a lot. That is so funny that we're both on our Sondheim tip. <laughs> yeah, I know. Amazing. Um Ashley, Claire, uh, thank you both so much for coming on the show. This was so much fun. Thank you for thank having you. us. This is great. That's the show. Thank you for listening to Life and Art from FT Weekend. Ashley and Claire's podcast is again called Celebrity Memoir Book Club. You can listen to it on all platforms. I've also linked to it in the show notes. Also in the show notes, we have links to everything mentioned today, as well as a subscription to the Financial Times and ways to stay in touch with me and with the show on email, on Instagram, and on X. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and here is my talented team. Katya Kumkova is our senior producer. Lulu Smith is our producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Javinko with original music by Metaphor Music. Topher Forges is our executive producer and our global head of audio is Cheryl Brumley. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll find each other again on Monday. <laughs>